I'm the unique today. <laughs> Has he got a unique up on me? To, no, that's an old joke. Never mind. Um, so good morning. Um, before we get started, can we pray together? Is that okay? Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be in your house and to learn of you. On my own, I'm nothing. But Lord, I submit myself to you. Give me the words to say and let them go forth for your glory and honor. So um, we're going to talk about a really lightweight topic since, you know, it's a holiday weekend. I thought you'd want something kind of light and airy. So, uh, and it's a topic everybody likes to talk about. You ready? Yes, that's right, folks. We're going to talk about forgiveness. <laughs> don't run. Don't run. Please. Okay, everyone stay in their seat. That's great. Okay. Well, as you, if you know me at all, you know that sarcasm is, in fact, my first language. Um, as we're talking about this topic, I want to fess up a little bit. I'm not coming to you about forgiveness from a place of excellence. I'm coming to you from a place of I really stink at this. I'm coming from a place of, I really don't like to do this. I'm coming from a place of when God tapped me and said, this is what I'd like you to speak on. I went, mm, can we do something else? I got, this, I got this great idea for you, God. We can talk about, hmm. So I kind of echo Paul in the words, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do I forget the things that are behind, and I am going to reach forth into the things that are before and press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of Christ. Now, I am a big fan of quotes. I love an inspirational quote. I think they're fantastic. They, they inspire me. So before we jump into the word, I, I, I want to share a few inspirational quotes with you. And these are about forgiveness. Unforgiveness is like taking poison but expecting someone else to die. <clears throat> Forgiveness is a reflection of loving yourself enough to move on. Forgiveness doesn't change the past, but it does change the future. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Now, if you've had your precious little feelings hurt, these things rock. They're helpful. But if you've experienced betrayal, if you've experienced real pain, if you've experienced trauma, well, there's only one universal sign that's appropriate. Whatever. Have you ever been in that spot where you're, you're in the midst of, of an impact moment and somebody gives you some platitude like that and you want to go? I remember at my point of impact when um, my marriage ended and somebody came up to me and said, now honey, you can't get bitter. Like, what? She said, no, you, you can't be bitter. I'm like, I, I can't feel anything right now. At least bitter would be an emotion. So, yeah, platitudes, whatever. That doesn't help us move forward. So, what's the big deal? Why is forgiveness important? I mean, and why should that be my job to forgive? If somebody hurts me, 
why do I have to do all the work? I mean, Jesus is the one about forgiveness. That, that shouldn't be my deal. Oh, yeah, there's that. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Okay, yeah. Um, the Bible is really big on this, about us forgiving. I, I want to read you a passage um, from Matthew, Matthew 18. And it's verses 23 through 35. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle his accounts with the servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, in this time, big money, serious money. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold and his wife, and his children, and all that he had, and that payment be made. This was a common practice, and you couldn't pay your bills. They sold you, they sold your wife, they sold your kids, they sold your stuff until that payment was made. The servant, therefore, fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which compared to what he owed, chump change. He laid hands on him and took him by the throat. Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. But he would not. And he went and threw him into prison until he could pay off the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he'd called him, said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly father also will do to you each if from your heart you do not forgive your brother his trespasses. Ugh. So he's kind of serious about this forgiveness thing. And and from your heart. So it can't be, I forgive you. <laughs> it has to be real. So I've uh, recently come across this doctor that is fascinating to me. Um, and she kind of echoes what I've heard Alex say. Alex always says that physics is the language of God. And she says that physics is actually God showing off. I want to introduce you to her. Her name is Dr. Caroline Leaf. Um, back in the 80s, uh, it was a given belief that your brain was wired a certain way. End of story. You couldn't really impact that. And she really pioneered um, the idea of neuroplasticity. I said that well. Hey, I'm really proud. Neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity basically says that I have the ability to rewire my own brain. So it was, it's interesting, and she's done a lot of work in this. 
Now, I'm going to do my best to explain her very scientific work in a very English major kind of way, so bear with me. Dr. Leaf says that quantum physics is about entanglement. That's an important word. Store that in the back of your mind. Entanglement or interconnectedness or if you wanted to stretch it a little further, relationship. But we're going to talk more about that in a few minutes. I want to show you a picture of something. Maybe. There we go. So what you're looking at there is your memories. That's what they look like in your brain. They look like trees. So you've got these trees that are made up of proteins. And when you have a thought, neurotransmitters come and they put memories on these branches of your trees. Now there's also these other things that um, they're like uh, railroad tracks between these memories. And there's little signal switches that tell those memories where to go. So basically, this stuff on your trees, that's who you are. That's how you process your information. That's how you remember. Everything's here on your trees. Now, do you notice that black clumpy thing there? Do you see it? That's unforgiveness. When our minds are healthy, we have the trees. But when we have unforgiveness settle down in our heart, what happens is it washes our brain in neurotransmitters that literally poison our mind. And that, that clump, it grows. Not in a good way, it grows like a cancer. And it causes your tree to literally shrivel up and die. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So in short, whenever you replay a pain from the past or a moment of unforgiveness, you literally wash your own brain in chemicals that cause that to happen. The memory grows about that pain, and the pain grows. What you feed grows. So maybe this is a time for this slide. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. This is our admonition. When we don't forgive, we remain connected in a very physical sense to the person or event that hurt us. So there, interconnectivity or um, entanglement, it, it kind of works like this. So let's say you've got two particles. And we separate these two particles. And this particle over here starts spinning. This particle will spin the same as well. Interconnectivity. So it is with us when we don't forgive. Even if that person's no longer a part of our life, even if that person is dead, 
when we hold on to this unforgiveness, we have an interconnectivity still with that person and still with that event. The more we hold on, the more we choose not to forgive, the more toxicity we release into our brains. So basically anything you feed, you will grow. When we're not forgiving, that happens in our unconscious mind. I mean, uh, who, who woke up today and said, today I'm gonna choose not to forgive? I mean, you know, it's not something we do on purpose. It, things happen and, and this happens in our subconscious. What we can do though, is we can take that tree that's in our subconscious now that we know it's there, and we can move it into our conscious mind. When we do that, we uproot it, and we cause a disconnect between those two particles. We're no longer then connected with that pain and with that purpose. There's a Harvard study that suggests that we increase our mortality by 43% with negative thoughts. Yeah, our mortality, 43%. Conversely, we decrease our mortality by the same 43% when we think positive thoughts. So I, I gotta be honest with you. I didn't want to talk about this today. I had this plan. We were going to talk about God's GPS. It was going to be so cool. And when you're in a place that feels like home, but God moves you to a different space, and when your comfort becomes your... Pr I really liked it. But God kept tapping me. I want you to talk about unforgiveness. Lord, you know I have trouble with that. Do we really, do we really want to put that out there for everybody? Let's, let's not do that. And in my heart, I said to God, we don't want to poke that sleeping bear. At which point, I remembered that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. Did anybody see that, The Revenant? Yeah, where that bear comes out and attacks him and jumps on him and rips him, rips him to shreds, basically. I can't even show the video because it's just, ew, it's just, ew. And... I could see that image when I started thinking about addressing this issue. And I'm like, God, I don't want, I don't want to poke that sleeping bear. I, I've dealt with that. I, I, I forgave. Let's, let's do something else. And in my spirit, I heard, I'll lead you beside still waters. To which I answered God, but yeah, but when Leto, Leo went to the still waters and drank that water, it came out the hole in his throat where the bear got him. Can't we do something else? Well, obviously God won because this is what we're talking about. Here's the neat thing that happens. When we take that bunch of ick and we move it from our subconscious into our conscious, not only does it cause the disconnect, but we can then reprogram. If you'll take 21 days and set in your heart to reprogram, you can grow a new tree. Let me pause for a moment. I don't want anyone to leave here today saying, Stacy said, if I'll just think happy thoughts, everything will be okay. God will love me and I'll be the bestest Christian ever. No, that's not, that's not at all what I'm saying. What I am saying is this, you know, if you're in a moment of trauma, if you're in that impactful moment, chances are, you're not thinking. You can't. I can tell you for myself, when I hit my moment of impact, it took family and friends, a team of clergy, two counselors, medications, and a whole lot of Jesus just to get me to the spot 
where I could think. So at that point, I couldn't tell you, well, I'm just going to think better thoughts and this is all going to be... No, no, that wouldn't happen. Maybe you're someone, or like a lot of us, that your brain naturally produces chemicals that take you to dark places. I'm not saying, well, you just need to think happy thoughts and you'll be okay. I'm not saying that. Sometimes medication's the way to go and, and therapy's the way to go and always a whole lot of Jesus. But what I am saying is this. I am quite a few years past my point of impact. My heart, my beating heart was ripped out of my chest. Everything that was sacred to me was destroyed. But I will not damage my own mind by not forgiving. I certainly will not stay chemically tied when I have a say-so in it. I won't stay chemically tied to someone on a quantum physics level. I've lost enough already. I had no control over what happened to me. But I do have control over what I do. Well, kind of. I mean, you know, who are we kidding? How, how much do you really have the ability to change your life? Really? I can change short term. I can do it. Short term, I can do just about anything. But long term change, eh, it gets a little tricky. I find myself back in my same and usual patterns. So, hmm, what do we do about change? How do we change? So last year, about the same time, I spoke about faith. Remember we put uh, the pen mark on the end of our finger and said that's the size of, the, uh, of a grain of mustard seed and that's all the faith we needed right there to touch the heart of God. So let, let's look at that scripture about faith. That's going to help us. For assuredly I say to you, whosoever says to, the, to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Oh, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. If you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven. Okay. Let's find a better scripture. <laughs> And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, that's what we're talking about, right? We want to renew our mind. We want to take those ugly places out of our subconscious, put them in our conscious so they can be renewed. The best way I know to renew my mind worship. Worship actually renews our mind. In fact, Dr. Leaf uh, ran a study about what happens in your brain when you worship. 
this neat things, things happens. You have this neurotransmitter that's called BDNF. I don't know what it stands for. BDNF basically is this neurotransmitter that prepares your brain for change. It literally acts like a fertilizer for new thoughts. The other thing that happens is every morning you have this thing that happens called neurogenesis. And it's pretty much what it sounds like. When you wake up every morning, you have a new batch, if you will, of neurotransmitters that come into your brain. Which makes me think about, let's see, where is it? There it is. Through the Lord's mercies were not consumed because he, his compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. We can hope in him and we can experience the hope of renewal because his mercies are new every morning and because we have new transmitters. We can change our brain. What would it look like if for the next 21 days you woke up with your new mercies and bathed them in worship? How many of those little clumps of ew do you think you could get rid of? How many do you think would die? The cool thing is, if you choose to do that, should you choose to take on this challenge, you'll actually grow new and better trees. You'll improve your own neuroplasticity. Isn't God cool? All the things he told us to do is because it's good for us, because he knows how he wired us. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's not asking us to do the work. He's not asking us to figure out how to forgive. All he's saying is, give it to me. You worship. You think on whatsoever things are good and whatsoever things are pure and whatsoever things are lovely. Let me take care of it. Here's the great thing. When we give our pain to God, he's not just going to go, okay, now we're going to put this away over here now. No worries. We can trust him with our pain. We can trust because he is a good God, because he is a righteous God, that he takes note of that. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation, those who trouble you. We're not the ones who have to handle it. Most of us are afraid to forgive. We're afraid if we forgive, we'll be hurt again. We're afraid that if we forgive, it means that that offense really wasn't that bad. We're afraid that if we let them off the hook, then that might mean it was my fault they hurt me. Truth of the matter is this. The reason God calls us to forgive, he never wired us that way. 
He didn't wire us to be able to handle the burden of unforgiveness. He wants to handle it for us. He knows that when we try to handle that unforgiveness, since we're not wired for it, the only thing that's going to happen is it hurts us spiritually. It hurts us emotionally. It hurts us physically. And it hurts us psychologically. When we give our unforgiveness to him, we can trust him with it. So then the only thing I have to say to you now is what are you going to do with what you know? Tough scripture up there. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Because ultimately, forgiveness isn't just about me. I'd like to think that if I don't forgive, it doesn't impact you and it doesn't impact my family. But it does. Unforgiveness leaks. And it impacts generations to come. So in a few minutes, Jason is going to come and he's going to um, lead us into communion. But I want to challenge you, as you're taking communion, to think about it in a little different way. As you drink the wine, picture the blood of Christ washing over any broken places, healing old clumps up, clumped up, bits of dendrite in your head, and restoring. As you take the bread, picture the strength of the body of Christ, giving you strength to wake up the next 21 days and choose to worship and choose to forgive and choose to bring what's in the subconscious to the conscious to have your mind renewed.